Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Chris and Kyle proudly present our podcast pageant of quarantined magic and inebriation in thousands of sizzling hot takes and electro-synthomagnetic musical sounds, the Mouse Madness Podcast. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersocks. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod or send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. Kyle, we're back with episode 36 of the Mouse Madness Podcast, and I... I'm just going to put this out there. I think this is the most fun bracket we have done to date. This is definitely the most fun. It's going to take the most amount of audience participation as far as referencing what we're talking about. But I hope that our descriptions of these shows will suffice for everybody because we're, we're talking parades today, Chris, and it's pretty (laughs) it was pretty fun to watch all these parades as we were researching and of course i mean we needed to bring in somebody that knows a little bit about parades knows a little bit about parks so we brought back our guest host tess tess welcome back to mouse madness how's it going guys tess did you realize how many parades existed in the history of disneyland um no i mean in the 80s alone there's like 15 so no i had no idea (laughs) so interesting looking at the history of all of these like this is a deep 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 topic that i personally don't have a lot of experience in i'm not a huge parades guy but after this i have a whole new appreciation for the medium yeah and you you talked about the 80s and not only just how many parades there were but how many themes they attempted and stretched and made happen. Chris, we we have an entire list of the history of parades at Disneyland, and we have as much media as we can find about them that you put together. So listeners of this podcast, as we speak about this, if you want to pause here and then go watch some parades, we're going to go ahead and tweet that link. We're going to add it to the podcast description it's a Google Doc with live links, so hop in there, listen along, and uh, and see if see if you agree with some of our takes because I have a feeling it's going to be a hot episode. It's such a fun binge. Like every single one of these parades is on YouTube. Almost there's about eight parades missing from history, but I was screaming at my television watching some of these <laughs> early parades. It's jaw-dropping some of the things they're doing and highly highly recommend take a weekend it might take two to four to six hours depending on how closely you want to watch these but uh you will not regret it you will not it'll take that long to watch the entirety of all of the parades but we're also just talking about 16 in this episode so you might be able to breeze through it but you're totally right i couldn't help but like text you as i was watching these parades to give you a hint of my takes because I couldn't just self-contain. And even Tess, as she was watching them, couldn't self-contain and was hitting me up with some of her takes. And it's just like, the this is what a topic 
to kick off our second year of this podcast. And of course, coming with us into our second year on Mouse Madness, we're bringing with it the Spoonful of Sugar segment. Kyle, what are you sipping on over there? So uh, I hopped back into the bar here and I created something especially for this episode. We're talking about parades. You got to be fancy. You got to be wild. You got to be eccentric. So that's what I did here. So what I did was I poured two ounces of seltzer water into a glass that already had ice in it. And then using a shaker, I poured two ounces of coconut rum, an ounce of triple sec, one ounce of simple syrup, an ounce of lime juice. You go ahead and give that a nice and hard shake. You strain it into your glass. You add a splash of raspberry liqueur. And then, ladies and gentlemen, and people that are going to watch the segment when we eventually tweet it, you add a glow light cube from the Blue Bayou. No. And you call this bad boy the Main Street Electrical Parade. It's lit. It's so lit. lit. So cheers to that. Chris, what is your spoonful of sugar to kick off year two? Well, Kyle, we are deep into quarantine. We're coming up on week 10 here in New York City. And I'm going to be honest, my physical health has been starting to slip a little bit. Not in Uh that I'm getting ill, but that, you know, many weeks of poor diet, many weeks of (laughs) not being very active. And as we get closer to the summer months, you know, I'm I'm becoming more and more health conscious. So I went with a health conscious choice here. Here we go. This is an interesting one. It is gin and beet juice. And it's delicious. I absolutely love this drink. Beet juice has kind of like an acidic flavor to it. It's not for everyone. Almost salty at times. And gin is like very, very bitter. And combined, they make this kind of like very sweet not super strong concoction and i was very surprised that it tastes actually good and uh we don't have a whole lot of time for news here but we got the sad sad news that the broadway version of frozen the musical is closing will not open when broadway opens up again after the pandemic so i'm extremely sad extremely heartbroken (laughs) Uh, still on tour, but not going to be here in New York City. So I'm drinking my drink out of my frozen mug, but I'm calling the drink the Beauty and the Beats. <laughs> Tess, what do you got? Well, I am pretending that I am watching the parades right after getting a drink at the Rita Margarita stand. So I just have a pre-mixed uh, I don't think there's tequila in it. I think it might be wine only. I don't know. Some sort of pretend margarita pre-mixed cocktail from the grocery store. Ooh, that sounds delicious, Ooh. though. It's the perfect little Ooh. drink to get, especially before World of Color or back when Paint Them Night was at DCA. Just grab a margarita and go. All right. Well, before we get to the bracket, before we get to those parades, we got to talk about the demographic because, you know, this is kind of a niche you know, audience, the general public doesn't know a whole lot about parades. So we had to find a very specific group of people to ask what their favorite Disney parade was. Kyle, who do we ask? So we're talking parades and the newest parade at the Disneyland Resort was Magic Happens. And Magic Happens made it to our 16. So spoiler alert for that. But 
in order to find out what people thought about Disneyland Resort parades, the the interns DM people who were memeing the Magic Happens logo. So if anyone's ever seen the Magic Happens logo, it is a paintbrush-esque Magic Happens with Mickey next to it. And you can change the happens to whatever you want. And people were changing that logo to whatever they wanted. And so we asked those people who memed, what are your top 16 parades? And from that, we got a list of 16. But even before we hop into that, we're talking about what for missed the dance. So Chris, for you, what were a couple parades that missed the dance? Well, there were 40 parades. 16 made the bracket, which means 24 didn't. So a couple that stood out to me that missed the dance were America on Parade, which was a parade celebrating America's bicentennial. It ran in the summer of 75 and 76. This parade was weird. It was very, very America. It had like a Mayflower float leading the whole thing and was just kind of going through a couple of eras of American history there was a, a small Native American section. My favorite part, perhaps, was the giant sandwich yes. that they paraded yes. down Main Street. <laughs> but the ultimate weirdest thing was that there were no Disney characters. They were just these weird puppets that looked like giant versions of It's a Small World dolls uh, on the floats. Very, very weird. Did not feel Disney at all. But then again, Disney and America is something that always goes hand in hand somehow. I don't know. Another one that missed the dance to me that was kind of a, a blaring one was Celebrate a Street Party, which ran from 09 to 2010. This one was the follow-up to the Parade of Dreams. So it was like the first thing after the 50th celebration ended. And uh, it's obviously tough to follow up something like that. And Celebrate a Street Party just fell flat on its face. It was really cringeworthy. It came out during that weird, awkward era where, like, classic rock was kind of making, like, a small comeback. The Jonas Brothers were big. Miley Cyrus was big. Justin Bieber was just getting started. Camp Rock was on the Disney Channel. So it had this kind of, like, rock and roll vibe to it. And if you go back and watch the, the recording, everyone's got, like, the men have like long shaggy haircuts. They're doing the like sleeves rolled up with the the tie uh, and jeans and like Converse sneakers. It's it's straight out of 2009. It's great, but not exactly a parade, kind of like a stop and celebrate thing. I did like the audience participation aspects of it, but yeah, ultimately just paled in comparison to what came before it. Kyle, what are a couple that missed the dance for you? Yeah, so the first one for me is the Pixar Play Parade. So I know that this was a fan favorite as it as it happened. It started out in DCA, and then when uh, Disneyland did the Pixar celebration over on their end, they moved on over to Main Street USA. It's a super fun parade. It's energetic. It incorporates all of your favorite Pixar um, floats. I think it was a little bit overshadowed because this was at a time that Disneyland was try and transition things out of DCA and do some stuff in DCA and 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 it was just like this very confusing time so I think that people weren't super excited and and correct me if I'm wrong specifically Tess 
this parade happened at the same time that we were celebrating Mickey's 90th? There was, I think, a little bit of overlap. It started before Pixar Fest officially opened, like before Pixar Pier opened. Um, right. But, so there might have been some overlap because they made Mickey's 90th birthday last like two years. Um, right. But there was definitely some overlap with that. Yeah, so it was, it was a parade with a lot of confusion surrounding it. So I'm not surprised that it just missed the dance, but it's still a fun one. And I still highly recommend if you're itching to get some park love to go ahead and head over to YouTube to watch it. And then the other one is Mickey, our hero. And honestly, Chris, when I was watching this one, I thought it was just a hot mess. But obviously, people remember it in order for it to just miss the dance. I remember that the song pretty much slapped. And yeah, like also, a weird remix of the Mickey Mouse Club it theme song, right? A, like, it was a disco remix of the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse theme song, which is fantastic because that song alone is so good. So the song worked for me. Um, the floats were fine, but honestly, it was just a character cavalcade at the very end of the day. So it's hard to put it into your top 16 when it's not a dedicated parade with dedicated floats. And instead, it's just folks on cars and stuff. So this one missed the dance as well. I'm not surprised, but we have a pretty heavy hitting top 16. So I'm excited to dive into it. Yeah, if I could add just one thing to Mickey, our hero, I agree that it's a character cavalcade. My favorite moment, perhaps, of watching any of these parades happens in Mickey, our hero. The old Pooh costume was uh. like a short poo with him walking around with a honey pot on his head. So we have these little stumpy legs. And in Mickey, our hero, the actor playing the poo, like, jumped and he like sucked his legs like up into the costume. So like it looked like he had no legs. So weird, but like so funny. It reminded me of something like the Philly Fanatic would do. This was like right. an actor who just like knew how to work that costume perfectly. Randomly, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it was so weird. Like, I love that poo costume. I wish they brought that one back. It was a fun one. Anyways. Yeah. That poo costume shows back up over and over and over in these parades so it's almost uh, as bad you... as the old seven dwarves parades or oh. uh, costumes yeah oh oh no i know uh all right before we get too far into it let's go ahead and announce our field of 16 for the best disneyland parade bracket cue the epic music and away we go Coming in at the number one seat, it is the Main Street Electrical Parade. Coming in at number two, Walt Disney's Parade of Dreams. At the number three seed, we have the Paint the Night Parade. In the number four spot, a Christmas Fantasy Parade. Here at number five, it's Magic Happens. Coming in at number six, the Lion King Celebration. Here at number seven, it's Soundsational. Then we've got the number eight seed, Fantasy on Parade. Taking a seat at the number nine spot, it's Aladdin's Royal Caravan. Coming in at number 10, Snow White's 50th Anniversary Parade. 
flashing by at number 11. It's Light Magic. Coming in at number 12, Disneyland's 25th Anniversary Family Reunion Parade. Taking the number 13 spot is the Circus Fantasy Parade. And at number 14, we've got The World According to Goofy. Number 15, it's the Totally Mini Parade. Rounding out the bracket, the number 16 seed, the Hercules Victory Parade. All right, Tess, we have 16 heavy-hitting parades dating back as far as the very first year of Disneyland all the way till now. There's been many parades, but these 16 made it. What are your thoughts? There was a lot of content. I mean, I'm the kind of person, I'm the kind of Disney nerd that watches parks content all the time anyway. So you guys mm -hmm. just gave me um, a direction to go with this week with my viewing experience. Um, but there was a lot of retro content to get through. So that was really exciting to see something completely different and also completely um, flabbergasting at times. So <laughs> we'll talk more about that. <laughs> Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Let's get started here. We have the number one seed, the Main Street Electrical Parade, versus number 16, Hercules' Victory Parade. Okay, I'm going to start at Hercules because I think that if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a pretty good sense of what the Main Street Electrical Parade is. So let's start with Hercules. Hercules' Victory Parade happened in June of 1997. Right, it's right after the movie came out. It it premiered then. It did not last very long because it was really just used as the opener for another parade that we'll be talking about later on in this bracket, Light Magic. So during the day you got Hercules' Victory Parade and then at night you got Light Magic. Neither parade lasted very long. They nope. neither of them did. That's an right? understatement. That is, I mean, I think Light Magic, and we'll talk about it, lasted, what, four months? So, uh, Yeah, Memorial Day to Labor Day. Exactly. So Hercules was a daytime summer parade. Here's what I loved about Hercules' parade. No. That beginning float with the muses, four black women, actually, from what I saw, it seemed like they were actually singing. And if they weren't, they were real good actresses about it. But like to lead off a parade in that way, especially in the early 90s, and especially now that I complain about representation almost every podcast when it comes to Disney, I thought it was so great that they did that because what I thought it was when you watch the video and everyone who's listening can, to this can watch the exact video I watched if you click on the docs link. I thought that the women who were wearing the their hair as vases yeah. were the ones that were supposed to be singing the song. And I was like, they can't, they, <laughs> they can't be doing this. They can't be doing this. But the main float featured the muses and they were looking like they were live singing. So if they were, great. If they weren't, it's fine because... That performance, like to lead off like that was fantastic. Now, this is a daytime parade. I will say that I'm not a huge fan of... I don't stop myself at Disney parks for daytime parades. So like you had brought up, Chris, that you weren't a big parade guy and you hadn't seen a whole lot unless nope. it happened at night and it was like the precursor to a fireworks show or right after Fantasmic. Your boy probably didn't see them. So like 
coming into this bracket, it was a little difficult because a lot of these are daytime and I just wouldn't have seen them. And coming in at 1997, I definitely wouldn't have seen them because I was five, four years old. So I wouldn't even remember the Circulus Parade. However, watching it, I thought it was pretty, it was pretty solid. Uh, you have the Zeus float and it's, it's interesting because uh, you compare as you watch, if you watch like we did through the timeline that Chris provided, you see the progression of all these floats. And so you get a, an era of inflatable floats oh, and you're just like, what so are bad. you doing? It Disney? was so bad. And then Hercules comes in hot with these very intricate, very well done floats. It's right after the Lion King celebration, which also had great floats. Yep. But this was just like you have an, an, a massive Zeus float. And I, I was just I was like, this is great. Here's where things got off the rails. Hades shows up. <laughs> Y'all see that Hades costume? <laughs> Not great. Y'all nah, see that Hades costume nah, because, oh my goodness, this is an issue that I have with Disney parks in general. If the character looks like a human, let's make him a face character. Yes. Case in point, Flora, Fauna, and Meriwether. Exactly. We'll <laughs> hop in there. We'll hop into that. But like, just make them a face character. It's un. He just looks more cartoonish than the cartoon itself and they could have had a face actor that did all of the facial expressions and was super animated if they just let that happen chris the hydra float would have scared the living life out of me if i showed up as a four-year-old kyle on that parade route those puppets with the terrifying they right? were good terrifying. i mean they were okay they were scary though they were scary they were so scary um i'm not a huge fan of parades that just loop songs yep. so i'll say that from the top here is that if this if a parade just loops a single song kyle's most likely not gonna like it and that's where this one comes to fault what i really like about the mainstream electrical parade was that it was very innovative for its time it took a song that no one knew um and made it into a parade anthem but then also weaved in disney properties into that same sound into the same style and gave you references while still looping back to the main theme and that's as a parade, you're putting on a show, and that's a huge part of putting on any shows are these main themes. And so I extremely enjoy Main Street Electrical Parade, huge fan of it. So here, you just have Zero to Hero on loop forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever, and I it, it just doesn't do a whole lot for me as a parade, and not enough to take down the number one seed. Chris, Main Street Electrical Parade's moving on. I agree. Main Street Electrical Parade, easily. But if I could say one thing about Hercules Parade that made me laugh, it was the dude that was strapped to the top of the Phil hero training float. <laughs> yeah, and he was like... in the water. He was like spinning... He was spinning around this like orb, like above everyone else. And I was like, dude, this guy's got to want to throw up. I don't know if they like rotate people every parade or what, but... Well, even if you fun. listen, if you listen to the commentary from the people who recorded the the parade that you 
provided for all of us they're just making fun of everyone that's walking <laughs> down that parade route and just like it's so hot out here i can't believe that phil float is like full of people working out and there's like a guy on a treadmill yeah. at the very end yeah and I think the thing that's like a deal breaker for me for the Hercules parade is that it's a single movie parade. And the thing that I think is essential to a good parade is that it is a menagerie of different Disney things where you're not sure exactly what's going to come next. I mean, that is essential to any parade is like, oh, that float was good. The next float could be anything. Like, what's it going to be? Hercules, like, you know exactly what you're going to get. It's going to be Hercules. And it also heavily relies on me liking the movie Hercules, which I think is a okay movie. I don't love it. Um, yeah, we'll talk about Main Street Electrical Parade more next round, but uh, we'll we'll definitely advance it here. Tess, any parting words for Hercules? Um, I thought it was chill that they had like a rocket spinner attraction where the gods were. I don't know if you guys caught that, but they yes. were also spinning around in a very small circle. So kudos to those cast members. Yeah, that was very cool. And the tall, um, the tall Pegasus puppet thing was completely rogue. And I don't know how that guy didn't like crash into things. <laughs> when, the, when they did it at Hollywood Studios, it was a little bit more tame because he was on top of a, a float. But this guy was just walking around like yeah. somehow not crashing into people. So that was frightening. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll move on to our next matchup. It's another single movie parade it's the aladdin's royal caravan versus fantasy on parade Prince Ali. yeah so i guess i'll start with aladdin because we just talked about hercules this is one that weirdly really works for me and i think it's because it feels organic and natural it's taking a scene that took place in the aladdin movie and just bringing it to life it's a parade as a parade we have said multiple times on this podcast, we do not like Aladdin. We will defend Aladdin pretty much never. But this parade, I was I was kind of into. Yeah, it's the Prince Ali song on repeat. But like, what else are you going to do? You know, and like once I started watching the parade, I was like, what, what's going to happen when the song's over? Like, are they going to are they going to run it back? Like, what? yeah, they did. It's kind of weird, but I think I think it's their only option. So a couple of things that really stood out to me in the parade was the frequent use of the genie. He appears multiple times throughout the parade, which is appropriate because genie we know can Would. duplicate himself. So like yep. it's, it works. My favorite one was the one where like there was his legs and then his top half, like trying to like chase itself and like match yep. up with each other. Super funny. I loved the giant camels that spit on guests along the parade route. Very, very interesting. There aren't a whole lot of parades that like will reach out and grab you. And this is just a really, really nice touch that felt real, felt natural, didn't feel gimmicky. And it was the parade literally coming to life. It could, it could come out, reach out and grab you. The thing though, the ultimate icing on the cake for the Aladdin parade is Jafar. So in the early days of Disney parades, there are a lot of live animals in parades and live animals defecate along the parade route. It's going to happen <laughs> anytime you have a live animal, especially a horse or an elephant, which we'll talk about later. So there are like 
poop scoopers, like cast members with giant trash cans following behind these animals the whole parade. And I, I loved watching all of these poop scoopers and like spotting them, be like, oh, that's the poop scooper right there. Yep. <laughs> what did you do at Disney in your 20s? Yeah, I was a poop scooper for the circus parade. <laughs> And so Disney makes fun of that in the Aladdin parade and has the whole thing end with Jafar wheeling a golden trash can. And there's like an audio track of Iago, like he's stuck inside this trash can filled with poop. It's so random and so funny. I was like, oh my God, masterful. And Disney doesn't always make fun of themselves like that. And I thought it was just like hilarious and such a nice Nice way to end that parade and to incorporate Jafar in like a way that felt real. Keep in mind, there are no live animals in the Aladdin parade. On the other hand, you've got fantasy on parade, which was an extremely long running parade. Fantasy on parade ran in two different like segments. It ran from 1965 to 1976. And then again, from 1980 to 1986. And this was kind of like your basic Disneyland parade for a long time so it feels really basic in a lot of ways but it has a lot of really standout elements to me the number one thing for me is the Herbie the love bug that's driving around on the parade route I love when a parade uses floats in a really really natural way where like you don't have to make it a Herbie the love bug float like just put the car there and drive him down the parade route like that's that's genius super funny really cool there's also dogs, actual dogs. They have a dog catcher truck. And so the dogs come out of the truck and perform little like doggy tricks, like jumping and walking on their hind legs and stuff like that. I think I'm okay with that. The thing that I'm not okay with is the live bear that they have. Here we are. <laughs> so Here we let's, are. let's talk about the bear. Okay. Please. So... When was there a bear in Pinocchio? I don't know, <laughs> but Disney thought it was okay to have a bear do tricks in front of guests. Like feet from guests. There's just a apex predator in a birthday hat. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say about it. it it's really dangerous, and the bear it's probably awful. isn't having a very good time. And he's no. probably sedated. Like, how is he so calm? Yeah, it's not good. So he wasn't chained. He wasn't chained up or anything. He was, he nope, was just he was, chilling. He could have. He could have run and taken a ride on Splash Mountain if he wanted to. <laughs> he could have. Speaking of Splash Mountain, another thing not so great about this parade Uh-oh. is it incorporates Uncle Remus. God, they got an actual black actor to play Uncle Remus sitting on a bale of hay on the back of a truck, waving along the parade route. This not is great. where. This is where my text to you began. Was yeah. Was oh no, here comes the hayride, and who's there? Br'er Rabbit and Uncle Remus, and we 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 can't. It even I don't remember what year this um parade footage is from, but like it's the nineteen eighty one. Yeah, we got a couple. Oh, yeah. So so there's a there's a nineteen eighty version we have where Uncle Remus is there in a 1986 version where he's gone. So at yep. some point they wised up and were like, we should not do this anymore. But this parade also began, the fantasy one began in like 65. It was, a, it was, a, it was around for long enough. 
that's too long for Uncle Remus. Yeah, so between the Uncle Remus thing, the bear, I mean, you could make a point that the bear might be like a good thing, but I'm out on the bear. I'm out on Uncle Remus. I think it's a pretty basic parade. It doesn't have like a an audio. It, it doesn't have like original music or anything like that. So um, this is a rare W for Aladdin for me, actually. Yeah, I had Aladdin moving on as well, only because uh, number one, Uncle Remus, Song of the South needs to be canceled, and Splash Mountain itself is, in my eyes, a very sketch attraction in that they they're trying to do something with this property when if you look into the backstory of all of it it's not great um number two i'm not a huge christmas parade guy in general so a lot of my takes are going to be not great when it comes to christmas parades that's a great segue kyle it's definitely a no for me on this uh fantasy on parade so let's go ahead and just move on aladdin is moving on here and we are going to a christmas fantasy parade versus the circus fantasy parade you get the worst of both worlds it's tough it's a tough one it's awful so i mean off the top we have to cancel circus parade yep like by default the Circus Fantasy Parade began in the spring of 1986, and it ran from the spring of 1986 through the spring of 1988, but just the springs. And it was part of this Circus Day promotions that was apparently sponsored and presented by the Ringling Brothers. I don't know so if Circus a... was making like a renaissance at this point or like people were super into Circus. I don't know. So here's the thing. Walt Disney was always a big Circus guy. And when he first started Disneyland, within the first year and a half, he tried to do the Mickey Mouse Circus in Disneyland, where he had a big top and he brought in live animals and he did the elephant thing. And he tried to put on a circus back where Small World would have been, right? So Walt Disney was always a big circus guy. And so what I think happened in this like weird age of Disney is that they were always trying to be like, well, what would Walt would do? What would Walt do? We need to know what Walt would do. And so they're like, oh, well, he would have done a circus. Maybe we can do a circus now. It's like, no, bro. This is the 80s. No one wants to see a circus. So they try to do a circus. And uh, it lasted for three seasons, surprisingly. But when you watch it now, every other float is involving a live animal that should not be in Anaheim, California. And definitely should not be in a cage in Anaheim, California. So you have monkeys, you have tigers, you have a lion. These big animals that belong in the wild should not be, one, in circuses, two, on floats in the middle of Anaheim during spring when things are heating up. It's just not, it just doesn't work. So Disney tried to do a circus day promotion get people into the park have a parade we're canceling it circus is out so by default this other christmas parade is moving on for me 
Yeah, I know you said animals in cages, but I would like to point out the mountain lion that was not in a cage, that was just like sitting on the front of a float, like he was Pete riding on top of Elliot in the Main Street Electrical Parade. I I had my hands over my mouth, like especially Tiger King is like a very relevant thing as we're recording this, and so like big cats, justice for big cats is like on everyone's mind so it was very cringe watching this parade uh in the in the current climate well and there yes. was go- there was goofy dancing right behind him like five yeah. feet away from him can you imagine yeah. not having like full vision in a uh what are they called like the the fur costumes and being right. next to a bobcat or puma whatever it was no yeah, so on top of all of the other things, the thing I really didn't like about Fantasy on Parade was just it felt very generic. Circus Fantasy does not feel generic, but this ain't it. This no. ain't it. And yes, we are out on Circus Fantasy. The history is interesting to me, but as a good parade, it's a no from me, dog. <laughs> Every time. Every time. Uh, we can talk about Christmas Fantasy in the next round, but we are going to move it on to the number five seed, Magic Happens, versus the number 12 seed, the 25th Anniversary Family Reunion Parade. I'll start with Magic Happens. Magic Happens is the new kid on the block. We briefly talked about Magic Happens on this podcast. We kind of had like a a mixed reaction to it almost and after watching all of these old parades I am like embarrassed for myself that I was picking apart magic happens Uh, I remember being like oh dude the Maui looks so weird this parade's terrible but looking at the entire history of Disney parades magic happens looks like a Ferrari it's like (laughs) I mean, it's very hard for me to even see those things. I was picking a purple. I was like, oh, having the trees on the frozen float looks kind of weird. Like the balance looks off. And I'm just like, man, that is like the least of my concern now when I watch Magic Happens. Obviously, it didn't have a very long run in the park before everything shut down. Uh, Yeah, I was pretty mad on it at first. But um, just after watching it again and again and again over the last few weeks, I, I really like Magic Happens a lot. Uh, probably the thing I like about it the most is the soundtrack. And it's just Slaps. so it's just so expertly mixed is the thing. That yeah. first song, I remember hearing the opening song, be like, man, it's okay. I still think it's okay. It's better than I thought it was the first time I heard it. But that song at the very end is just like, it's so uh, good, man. Like, uh, that could be a Disney classic for years to come. Yes, also, the way that they like mix in between the units. So, like, they do the intro song, and it's like, how far I'll go. Right. Away, away. Yeah, it's, like, oh, it's so, so good. Like, you want to just be like, oh, like you're at like, an EDM <laughs> oh concert my or God. something. Like, Even the in Moana's float, the how far I'll go, that part, <laughs> I, I lose it. Yeah, or in the okay. intro song, they do the like lyrical painting where they're like, and the magic don't stop at midnight. Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can listen to this mix over and over and over again, and you will find like small things you appreciate about it every single time. 
So in addition to the music, you've got the choreography, which is incredible. The dancers in a lot of these parades can feel kind of like corny or like thrown in, but like every single dance unit in this parade is impressive. The Coco dancers on both sides, the ones in kind of like the traditional like Mexican, I think it's flamenco or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, They look great. You've got the people in like the guardian costume things in the back end. They look great. You've got the Kokomora guys in the Coco, or uh, you've got the Kokomora guys in the Moana unit. They look great. Uh, so good. Uh, it's just so hard to to say anything bad about this parade now. On the other hand, you've got the 25th anniversary family reunion parade, which uh, after I watched it the first time, I was like, this is feels like fantasy on parade where it's like okay it's good it feels kind of generic but then i watched it again after i realized like this is a 25th anniversary disney parade and that's exactly what it is like it is a parade that celebrates the history of disneyland yeah each unit is a tribute to a different land in the parks it starts out with a main street unit where you got like dapper dance singers and like women Mm -hmm. in parasols then you've got like an Adventureland unit with King Louie, who is in every single parade for some reason. Him and his Not giant sure. arms that almost touch the ground. King Louie's in every Disney parade. Fun fact. Um, and so you've got the Adventureland's strong Tiki influence. We're big Tiki guys on this podcast. Strong yep. Tiki. Uh, and ah, it just really feels like a celebration of Disneyland. One thing that's like sneaky, my favorite part about watching all these parades is the evolution of crowd control. Where, like, on these (laughs) early parades, people are just, like, walking around. Like, there's There's no cast members stopping people. There's also a lot less people around in these early parades. I know, right? Like, you could sit wherever you want. Yeah, now you can't walk, like, when there's a parade happening. Like, you have to stay away from the parade route. And, uh, right. Very interesting. The finale float, I really enjoyed in the 25th anniversary parade. It was like a long float where it had the Disneyland letters and there were these dancers like spinning it. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool for like a parade. That's really, really old, a weirdly like stunningly beautiful float. Unfortunately, magic happens is just too good. And I love the 25th anniversary parade. And I think it did a better job celebrating the park than the 50th parade did, which we'll talk about next round, but I have to go with magic happens. Yeah. Um, What's interesting about you, so I also really enjoyed the 25th parade because I thought that it, here's my issue with a lot of Disney parades is I really like live performances and they started out doing a lot of live performances in their parades, whether that means live performances on floats, introducing marching bands into their parades. Like if you have a marching band in your parade, you are embodying what a parade in the traditional sense is in my mind is like marching band leads you out and you're ready to rock. And every segment has its own marching band that's doing its own music. Obviously now we've evolved far past that because we can queue up specific parts to happen over speakers when certain floats pass by. But what I really liked about the 25th is that this parade led off with a marching band. And I also, here, here's my issue with Disney parades and Disney in general when it comes to like uh, 
characters. They started this parade out with Mickey and Donald on the front of the float, right? Yep. Behind that is Goofy and Pluto. Yep. Bro, Minnie's been around <laughs> for 90 hey, years. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. And you're not going to put Minnie on the introductory float of this 25th anniversary of this park that this mouse also helped to find. It's right? pretty weird. It's pretty weird. It was bizarre to me. So that was the first thing that I put in my notes when I called it out. Also, like the ending float is actually like a fake ending. They should have just ended with the Disneyland letters because they don't. Is that after, not what they end with? Was there another one? No. Oh, there's no. So after the Disneyland like letters and the flashing is like, Disneyland is your land. After that, it's Prince John on a like calliope and he's like playing music out of this like organ and the train conductor has the head of oh, a uh, yeah of a marching uh, uh soldier from the christmas parades oh yeah and and then there's terrain. just a ton there's just a ton of characters that come in the princesses they probably bring in song of the south again like it's a fake ending. They should have just ended on those Disneyland letters and with that song. Yeah, my so, notes my notes say that the damn dwarves are back, so they also yes. made an appearance. Yes. Exactly. So like this this parade was great because it did celebrate and I was calling out that like the Tahitian Terrace is represented in this uh parade, which is where the tropical hideaway is now with these dancers and i think i put in my notes boy i hope that they're all representative of who they're dancing for not at all not at all they also had a uh i was tired of the country bears but the country bears showed up um they had the vultures here's where the jungle book needs to step off they had the jungle book vultures playing the steel drums to the tiki room theme weird what is that what is that so this this parade tried to do a lot and i really appreciated what it was trying to do which is represent the park on its 25th anniversary and it did that it just did it in a really weird way magic happens is a phenomenal show um i i enjoy it a lot we mentioned maui's suit and said like it's not as bad as we think it is i think it's still awful so oh, yeah we'll talk it about is. it more it is We'll talk about it more, but uh, Magic Happens is definitely going to move on for me as well. Tess, did you have an appreciation for the 25th anniversary parade? It was not my favorite. Um, I think the thing with like the 80s parades and the some of them that were in the 70s is that a lot, a lot of animated films came out, and so that's that's where that came in. Kyle was definitely trying to um, advertise their recent films. Yes. So there, so when I was watching this, I'm like, dang, Pinocchio's in every single float and or in every single parade, and there's tons of Robin Hood and t- and just tons of content that is not hardly ever in the parks anymore. But that's why, because that's what was relevant at the time. So I think their theming was good in the beginning, but you know, it trailed off. And we see, we're gonna see that over and over again yeah. with them pushing properties as as we go on here. So. Let's move across the bracket. We have number two, Walt Disney's Parade of Dreams versus number 15, Totally Mini 
Chris, how hard does the Totally Mini soundtrack slap? I've been playing it every single day since the first time I saw it. I am a huge like 80s new wave fan and this song is so good. Yes. So this parade happened in 1986 and 1987 and I don't know if you know this, this parade was actually named and created after the album of the same name. What? So you can you can look up the album Totally Mini and it's a 16 track album and this song is on it and I'm assuming that you haven't found this out. Yet, I have not. Exists, I have not. But it exists of like new wave 80s music that has to do with like mostly mini, but a lot of Disney stuff. Um, and not, not a whole lot of its covers, but there is one cover, Chris. It is of, uh, of Hey Mickey. Uh, dude, I wrote that down. I was like, they didn't use the Hey Mickey song in this parade. Oh, Mickey, what a mouse. I want to scream and shout, hey, Mickey. Hey, Mickey. That's low-hanging fruit, man. <laughs> they just went for it. They picked it. It's Minnie. Talking about Minnie. Holy 80s, everybody. You know no, you got to keep going. It's like, she breaks through with yellow shoes or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking down the house is Minnie Mouse. <laughs> God, and I, then you like continue down the uh, the uh, the parade route, and you get to the princesses, and they're that like '80s rock band oh my all God, together. So good, <laughs> they're like backup singers. Yeah, and Alice is like the, the like lead singer. Oh, oh my God. gosh! I was this, at CVS yesterday, of course, and of there course. was like a there was like a Minnie Mouse like Easter buckets for like seventy percent off, and I just grabbed it and started singing the totally Minnie song. <laughs> In the middle of CBS. I did it. I did it. It's oh my gosh, this parade is so funny. It's just like a time capsule of a parade. It's so great. Um it, it's hard because we're not going in chronological order of all these parades, but a lot of these parades reuse the floats of the parades that became like before them. Yeah. yeah. And it's extremely obvious, especially yeah. in the early years, where uh this one specifically where it's like these raised circle platforms. It's just a big hockey puck. Huge hockey pucks that are just like stacked on top of each other. And it's it's just like, oh, here's the 20th anniversary float again. You know, so I I don't know that I can knock them, but I'm definitely judging them <laughs> about it. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the, the two actors or actresses that were in the um, film role costumes... You guys remember those? It was like big rolls yeah. with a tape. Dancing film reels. Yeah. And then they would go and sit down. And then it was. It was just, how did they. Who. Somebody helped them. Somebody helped them. Minnie even had like the 80s earrings and she had the get up. Like this was a time capsule. It was a parade. I thought it was fantastic. Well, every everything was themed to the '80s, and then they would still throw in the stuff that they were trying to advertise. Like I thought the parade was over, and then the dwarves came back. Yeah, oh, God. So the that dwarves. That pissed me off until you saw Dopey, who went for it, and he was yes. dancing so hard. If you guys don't yes. know what I'm talking about, go back and watch it because Dopey went for it, and he was great. So I don't know why he was in there, but he he deserved to be. Dopey. Definitely went for it. 
there are two okay there are three things that show up in almost every one of these parades as you watch through them i guess four but i'm going to talk about three song of the south brer fox and brer bear all every parade yeah the seven dwarfs yeah every parade and then the country bears in these early <laughs> parades were in every single Dude, one. I got more. I got Honest John and Gideon in every yeah, That was my other one. Yeah. yeah. Got I had King Louie in every parade. Yeah. They were yeah. They I They didn't I care. They more. just threw everyone out there. They're like, ah, ah, just put them next to the float. Those were definitely my least favorite though. Alright, and then we have the number two seed the walt disney's parade of dreams this parade happened for the 50th anniversary celebration that took place in 2005 but really lasted like close to a decade it was part of the uh, year of a million dreams celebration which just became the second year of a million dreams to the third year of a million dreams like this promotion lasted a long time in the early 2000s or i guess mid to late um Here's a, a great fun fact about this parade that really just kind of dates it where it is in 2005. So the the song is a song from Brother Bear. No way. I did not so know that. That welcome song is from Brother Bear. So that's uh, a Phil Collins song. Welcome to our family time. Yes. That yes. That's Brother Bear. And I... If you could guess who it might be performed by in 2005. Let's see. Um, Soldier Boy. Okay, Tess. Uh, gosh, 2005. That was like middle school dance ages. Um, 303. Okay. <laughs> Only Usher is going through that in my mind, and it's not Usher. The A-teens. Okay, you're close, Chris. You got to think like Disney mid 2000s this song was performed by jump five oh, oh yes. lizzie mcguire movie or lizzie this McGuire. song the the main theme of this parade to celebrate the 50th golden anniversary of this park that we love so much had a theme song that was from the movie brother bear performed by the group jump five disqualification right it was it was a decision that was made but they redeemed themselves so even before you get to that who do you have introducing this parade julie andrews julie andrews mary poppins herself was all over the 50th celebration you had her on this parade you had her on the fireworks celebration you had her introducing your like you have her welcoming you to the disneyland hotel when you walk through the doors like this julie was all over the resort during the 50th celebration to so to have her introduce this parade is fantastic what i really liked was the pinocchio float in this one it was like the massive geppetto with the live human marionettes yes and he was like performing on bungee cords they're bungee cords or trampolines Yes, either one. Like they were just like there, and that that was such a cool way to do that. Um, you also have the <laughs> the white rabbit on roller skates. Yeah, that would have been me if I was gonna be a circus performer at any Disney parade. I would be the white rabbit on rollerblades. 
And also what was super impressive about this parade was the massive Ursula float. Yeah. And just that it was like a, a huge animatronic. I thought it was an Ursula. inflatable. Was it? I couldn't tell. It was good quality. Yeah, I, I couldn't. Yeah, it looked I don't inflatable know. I, to me. I, can, I don't know. I couldn't tell. I think I would have put it in my notes if it wasn't inflatable because I was hating on them so much throughout this entire thing. Um, but they had very impressive floats for this 50th anniversary, as they should. So it's a pretty solid parade. Um, here, though, it's... Uh, man, I'm such a, a, a big music person when it comes to Disney, especially when, with these parades. You think Main Street Electrical Parade. That song is... What is it, Chris? It's iconic. You think about this one. This one's from Brother Bear. Then you get into like Be Our Guest. Then you get into the Pinocchio flow. And then you get into Poor Unfortunate Souls. Like it doesn't flow as well as I wanted it to. Right. And that's a huge part of the parades as well is how well does it flow and feel like one cohesive parade. Totally mini is it's hard to take into context because I wasn't alive in the 80s. So what I have is based on like the music and this performance with these reused floats. And so I guess it's what do I, I value more this 80s soundtrack with these reused floats or do I appreciate this uh, this kind of mediocre soundtrack with these fairly impressive floats. And Chris, I think here I'm going with the 50th celebration. I'm going with Walt Disney's dream parade wow um this is really interesting because i did not know that about brother the brother bear song because mm -hmm. one of the things that i had is like the best parts of this parade was the song so that's gonna be minus points for me uh, i agree though that the pinocchio float is the highlight of this parade especially when the music loops all of the puppets like they stop like they like just freeze like a puppet right. would do Super cool. I have so many memories of this parade because this is when I had an annual pass and I was going like a lot. My sister was like probably like seven to 10 years old. So, you know, this was like when she was really into all of the fantasy land rides and stuff like that. So I saw this one a lot. And when we went into this bracket, I was like, I could see Parade of Dreams going all the way because I remember it being a very enjoyable watch. But after breaking it down, and I kind of hinted at this last matchup, but like the 25th anniversary parade celebrated Disneyland. Shouldn't the 50th anniversary parade also celebrate Disneyland? Like there isn't a single reference to like something that exists in the park. I mean, like, the, yeah, the movies that are already represented in the park. The beginning float. Yeah, the opening float where it shows the... Okay. The train. okay, there's a train. There's there's an entry plaza float, <laughs> but that's where it ends, okay? Totally Mini is just, it's too fun, man. It's a very, 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 like, niche concept and, like, way too specific, and it's really raw, and I don't see it going all the way, but I, I can't get enough Totally Mini, so I'm going with Totally Mini, which means, Tess, you got your first tiebreaker. Wow, I thought that Parade of Dreams would like float right on in, but we've got some 80s lovers, I guess. Um, also, I will say that it's okay to like songs that are bad in these parades, Chris. <laughs> so even though that 
it was from Brother Bear. You I don't can think still that like. Song, I don't think it's a bad song. I just think like borrowing a song from something that already exists is kind of it's like a little cheap. We're gonna have some issues later on this. Week. I I know it. I know it. <laughs> well, I have to say that I thought the all the um, going more of the anima, animatronic route versus you know the inflatables or um, you know just people in costumes that was really cool. Um, there was this rhino in the Lion King segment that was just rocking it. They, I don't know, or the person who filmed it just really liked that rhino. And I don't know of any other animals that were in that segment. Um, it had like, uh, the teacups. That's what I noticed. Cause I'm a sucker for the yeah. tea party scene. That was teacups awesome. Were... It's just, it's just so colorful. And so it's such an, I'll, I'll use your guys' word, iconic part of Alice in Wonderland that it was very necessary and you got totally mini where <laughs> I loved the um, the ballet with Goofy segment and that yes. totally mini. I mean, I'm a sucker for Goofy and we'll talk about him um, pretty soon in his float or in his parade. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> but this was so fun because I guess ba- ballet was a hit. I thought it was going to be like a jazzercise thing, but it was definitely full on ballet. And I was like, OK, I guess that was really popular in the 80s. Yeah, really some kind of like aerobic on. bar, aerobic bar workout, I think. Yeah, and then the, you know all of these dancers can do the splits and do all these things, and Goofy's trying to put his leg up in the splits, and it was a, such such a great thing. And then right after you see the hippo from Fantasia, so that's kind of how they segued that. Um, so the theming was great. I really loved both of these parades. Ugh. I mean, Parade of Dream has one of my favorite little mermaid um floats um really net well besides uh zaddy triton and um uh. <laughs> and paint the night um i really like the theming for this i loved how it went from you know happy under the sea with sebastian and then you've got flotsam and flotsam and jetsam um and you go from like the white pearls with those parade dancers, whatever you want to call them. And then the ones with Flotsam and Jetsam were all like villain themed. Um, I thought this parade was very well themed. And I know I didn't watch this parade in person, but for people, a lot of people didn't like, and we'll talk about this next round, but people didn't like Mickey Soundsational comparatively to this parade. So I think I also have that in the back of my mind that a lot of people really like this. Uh, so I got to go with which one I would watch again. I think between the two, the one that's repeatable, uh, I'll have to go with Chris for totally many. It, it oh, really does have. Yeah. It, I, I really oh like Parade of Dreams, but totally many had so many like gags and so many funny and so many like period pieces that it just, it, but they don't have a whole lot like it in any of the other parades. So I'll have to move forward that one. All right. Well, the hidden gem from the 80s advances. Down goes Parade of Dreams. <laughs> Next up, we've got the number seven seed, Soundsational, versus the number 10 seed, the Snow White 50th Anniversary Parade. So Soundsational was one that ran for a decade. It ran from 2011 to 2019. 
as Tess hinted, it kind of was almost a letdown from Parade of Dreams. Celebrate a street party happened in between, but Sensational was like a parade parade. Celebrate was kind of like almost a placeholder. Um, we got to talk about Coco just for one second. So I've said many times how much I don't like the movie Coco, but I'm able to break down the elements and identify the ones that I really like about the movie. Okay. Sensational. It's kind of the opposite where like, if you look at this parade from like a broad perspective, it seems like a fairly serviceable Disney parade. But if I break down all of the elements, I'm not sure I like it very much. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't think I would be like mad at myself if I stopped and watched it, but it just, it feels a little bit weak and I'll go by the things that I don't like one by one. Number one is the name of the parade and that goes hand in hand with the theme of the parade. So <laughs> it's called Sensational, and it starts with Mickey on an actual drum kit. Well, it starts with like some, some drumline drummers and then Mickey on a drum kit. Right. And then it is followed by an Aladdin unit where there's a bunch of dancers with cymbals and Aladdin has a giant gong. So it's like, oh, we're going through musical instruments, right? Yeah, they're being soundful. They're okay. living up to the name of the parade. Okay. Then what, though? Then, like, the rest of the characters are on drum-shaped floats, and there's no other instruments that get introduced. It should be called drumsational. Do you remember <laughs> where those drums came from? No. Those were the previous floats for everyone's birthday oh, before yeah. this parade. Okay, so they we were, got recycled floats. They were, like, the donald's whatever birthday parade and and uh mickey even mickey's parade they had yeah. like people on these drum right, platforms right, right that they just repurposed so yeah it so, made sense that they're just trying to throw ip in there yeah so in addition to them being like drums recurring drums everywhere the viewing angle on those drums is not great. Like if you're a little kid sitting on the ground and you're like looking up at these drums, you might see like the top of the head of the character. You know, like so many parades, the character is like out on a platform in front where you can see like their whole body from any viewing angle. These drums, it's like you just get like upper half of their body only. And it makes right. it very, very awkward for an adult. I can't even imagine like a child, like I said, who's like sitting on the ground. The yeah. song is... It's a music celebration. Okay, so on, to me that sounds on. exactly... So, it's a good time celebration. Sounds like way too close to... Welcome to our family time. Like, it's All the right. same thing, but the note's going up instead of down at the end. Um, so, I don't know. It's okay. The aesthetic of the parade is like two-dimensional steel cutouts. So you're coming from Parade of Dreams, essentially, with these pretty intricate, well-designed floats. And Sensational has these really cheap-looking floats to me. The only one that was working was the Princess Float. Princess Float is my favorite float in every parade. And I will say, I think Sensational had a good one. It was very tangled-heavy, which I love. Big tangled guy. And it had I See the Light going on it, which, you know, we know how did I feel you, about that Did song. you miss the Princess and the Frog float? I did, and it feels like a steel cutout aesthetic. Oh, what, bro? No. Yeah, just look at the dude. Like, look at the small like flowers along the base of it and stuff. Like, that's just, that. What that's the design aesthetic. It is what it is. You either like it or you don't. You know. Um. 
Also, an essential part of every parade is the finale float. Okay, so you've got the intro float and the finale float, the two bookends on the parade. You have to be very, very careful about what you select. So you've got Mickey Mouse is like a common one that's on either end of the parade, a princess unit, or Santa Claus. Like those are, or in the case of Main Street Electrical Parade, a big-ass American flag. So with Soundsational, they went with chimney sweeps. Like the whole parade is leading up to chimney sweeps. Not mad at it. Because it's Mary freaking Poppins. Okay. <laughs> it's one of the like best ensemble numbers in Disney or musical history. I just don't see a parade leading up to Mary Poppins. I agree mm-hmm. that it's great and it's historically significant and I enjoy it personally. But if we're talking about like the grand finale, it just seems like it kind of like ends. So I don't like that. Uh, Snow White's 50th. Okay, so... Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Snow White's 50th. Interesting parade. Very interesting. Now, Snow White, obviously, is the finale of the Snow White's 50th parade. It works. But what is this parade? It's essentially a retelling of Snow White with the help of all of our favorite Disney characters. In the context of it being 50 years old. Right. Because they're like, oh, Snow White. Right. So Snow White in 1987 turned 50, and they did this parade in observance of that anniversary. So it starts with Mickey, Goofy, Minnie, Donald, and like a once upon a time float. And then there's like a evil queen float, and Peter Pan and Captain Hook are like wheeling the magic mirror. And then you've got like Chip and Dale in Snow White's cottage doing the whistle while you work scene. And then like the chimney sweeps are behind them because it's like natural because they're sweepers and they're sweeping the cottage. You've also got uh, Pinocchio and Honest John and Gideon trailing a mine train float. They're back. They're back as always. If you watch the Snow White parade one time, you might not really appreciate it. But if you go back through and like really try to understand like what this parade is trying to do. You get a, a different appreciation for it. It's like that 25th anniversary parade where if you're just kind of like passively watching, it seems random, but if you really look at the intention, it's good and like well executed. The song is a remix of hi ho. That's kind of yep. like it changes throughout the parade to kind of like narrate exactly what's happening. So they essentially rewrote the song. I just think it was so well done. I think Soundsational is much more like upbeat and like fun for like just maybe a general audience observer. But Snow White, that Snow White parade, really good. Really good. I think I like it more than Soundsational. Going with Snow White. You dogged Mary Poppins to end the Soundsational parade. Um, But Mary Poppins and Bert showing up on those trikes that were actually the horses it's it's a good unit it's a good unit i just don't think it should be the last unit chris i agree with you it shouldn't be the last unit i think that them ending the parade makes a lot of sense how they ended the parade doesn't make a lot of sense mary poppins is the first big musical out of disney 
and we can talk about Snow White being a musical. We talk about all these movies being musical, but like the big musical that came out of Disney was Mary Poppins, the first one. And I'll stand by that through and through forever. No, that's fair. That's fair. So it makes sense that a sensational parade would end with Mary Poppins. They just didn't execute it how they should have. They should have done a huge float that was maybe the paintings that they jumped into. They should have done it where it was a massive carousel and everybody was on. Like they, There are many things they could have done, but they didn't. So I'm with you in that in that sense that it didn't really make sense for this parade. Um, Sensational, I thought was fantastic. I thought that the floats weren't the two-dimensional floats that you saw, or the, at least the steel cutout floats that you saw. I was very impressed with most of them. I was not impressed with the drums. So weird. Characters, characters on the drums. It, w- it felt very forced. Like they, they had a parade. It ended up being too short. So what they did was put the drum floats back out there, put a character on top. Let's run it. Loop the sensational. It's a music celebration. Over and over again, right? Snow White's 50th. I love a good musically flowing parade. And Sensational does that because I enjoy how they do all of their parts in the style of the movies they're from. So you got Princess and the Frog. It's very New Orleans jazz. You have uh, Peter Pan's esque float, which is like a sea shanty. Yeah, it would make sense though if like the... Tiana float was accompanied by like a brass band. It's like New Orleans theme. Like that would have been yeah. good. Yeah, but they they did it still in the style enough, I think. I think I they did it visual. enough to represent it. I need it. a visual. Uh, you had it. It was an alligator blowing on a trumpet. That's your brass band. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so Snow White's I thought was a fantastic parade because – it told a story about this 50-year-old movie in the context of something that we didn't really think about, which is Snow White turned 50. So, like, you have the beginning float, and I was worried when we watched this video that we were going to hear Goofy over and over again. I don't know if you guys watched this video, and he kept introducing it. Yep. And I was like, oh, we're going to have to listen to Goofy this entire time. Turns out, no, it's a medley, and I love medleys. Um, the costumes are great. The dancers that served as like the mirrors that were like twirling the mirrors, I thought was super creative. Um, I don't think they accounted for like the sun angle and and the people that are yeah, gonna blind exactly every single time that comes up in another parade. I can't remember which one, but it comes up again. Um, and so I really appreciate that this wasn't a retelling of Snow White, but it was like a, a Snow White in this fiftieth year context. So you have like um. <laughs> you have whistle while you work but it's also sung by chip and dale which we don't need but it's fun that they try to put in this disney ip into this parade the evil queen being jealous that snow white has the celebration and that's her storyline is so good because you could just throw the evil queen in there and she's like brewing and she has no lines and she's just like I'm the evil queen, but to insert her into this parade is fantastic. I thought the the finale was great. 
uh, Disneyland loved them some Cinderella in the early years of these parades. Cinderella was like the princess in every one of these early parades. It's like Cinderella, Cinderella in the 70s, Cinderella in the 80s with her big poof. And like, you know, it, it, they love Cinderella. She's in this one too. I thought it was a super solid parade. I think that sensational is great, but I think when you match it up against Snow White and its storytelling angle and you have Sensational and it's just musical, let's throw IP and just have them connect to the song, it's different. And I think that it's it, we're going in the 80s here. 1987, Snow White's 50th. Moving on. Tess, we just downed a very recent daytime parade. Your thoughts? Um, I had kind of weak viewpoints for this quadrant because I don't think this quadrant is, is as strong as some of the other parades. Um, I personally didn't follow the Snow White's 50th, but I also really don't like the old hag from Snow White because that's my earliest memory of having a nightmare as a child. <laughs> so I just kind of tuned out and was not enjoying it. And when I get Mickey's sensational parade song stuck in my head, I'm not mad about it. So I'm not like crying about it but i definitely would not have moved on no way that's totally fair let's move on down we have another matchup number three paint the night versus number 14 the world according to goofy i'm gonna start with goofy really quick it's gonna be super brief because i only have a couple of points here this parade only lasted five months in 1992 it was in celebration of goofy's 60th birthday happy birthday goofy right very 90s parade with the outfits especially in the very beginning of the parade they have some smoke effects that's pretty dope that's fine but then i get what they're trying to do make a very silly parade founded around a character whose name is goofy but this is literally a parade that i would walk by i would not stay around for this parade what is very satisfying about this, and Chris, I texted you when it happened, we have the goofball. Goofball! <laughs> we have the goofball, and it is goofy as a golf ball. No arms, just, just legs. No arms, just legs. He has his hat on, and he is a golf ball. And that's a goofball, ladies and gentlemen. And I have a sticker of the goofball on my coffee tumbler and i had no idea what parade it was from but i knew it was from a parade and i watched this and i said oh my goodness and kyle would you have guessed that that was supposed to be from an egyptian themed float <laughs> none of the parade made sense it was all puns which i love yeah so. i do too but it's a parade that i would walk right by just on my way to the Matterhorn. And then you have Paint the Night. Paint the Night is a incredible parade. It was founded for the 60th anniversary of Disneyland. It essentially took on the torch from the Main Street Electrical Parade, which had just gone away and then ended up coming back. And it's the Electrical Parade. We never know when it's actually going to be gone. It took on the elements of the parade, not only within the lights, but also the music. The running theme was the music in the same sounds and the same themes of its actual chorus, which is so good. 
I talked about this earlier. Continuity of a soundtrack is super important to me. And that's what happened here. They mastered it here, in my opinion. So I'm not going to continue to gush about it because I have another round to gush about it, I think, unless Chris really loves the goofball. But I'm moving on Paint the Night past the world according to Goofy. I would like to move that the goofball is our official show mascot. I I agree. That I thing is a total vibe. The no arms, legs only thing. He's got <laughs> he's doing like he's like grooving, you know, he's doing like the little foot thing, but he's got no arms, so he's like semi expressive. Right. You texted me very early on, because I watched all these before you did, and you said right. some of these parades are a fever dream. And this is a perfect example of that. Where yep. you're like what how did this get money to get put on this parade? Someone came up with this concept and everyone was just like, let's just do it. Let's just see what happens. It's just the history of the world, but everything's goofy instead of historically accurate. Um, yeah, it's super nineties. Yeah. The goofball is really funny. After I watched all of them, and if someone was like making me watch all of these in a room by myself in isolation and like a therapist came in and was like, so what would you like to talk about first? I would be like the goofy one. We have to talk about the goofy one because it's just so bizarre. I'm so intrigued by it. And I want Vote goofy in 92 is how this okay, parade ended. Another thing. All right. The goofy, it was an election year, 1992. And so the thing ends with like goofy in a presidential race like it is so strange and so like specific in what they were going for i want to see it in person if i could go back and watch any of these parades live it would be this one i'm so intrigued by it it might be one of my favorites that we watched but i have to ask myself are we going for favorite disney parade or best disney parade World According to Goofy is not in the conversation for a no. best Disney parade. I think Paint the Night absolutely is. So, Goofy, you are going to be one of my little honorable mention favorites of this bracket, but you are not defeating Paint the Night. Tez, do you agree? I totally agree. I mean, Paint the Night, I honestly foresee it. It's definitely going to be top four. If not, you know, it, it's going to make it pretty far. Um I'm surprised neither of you talked about the music because the the King Put Egyptian flow had the singer from Schoolhouse Rock. He did that song. Oh. Listen to it again. I read it. That's how I figured it out. But if you listen to it again, you'll recognize it instantly. Um, and I could not figure out when I was listening to the first float, the, um, the prehistorical, or excuse me, the prehistorical hysterical float oh gosh walk the it's... dinosaur baby walk the dinosaur oh, oh my yeah. god walk camp the classic. dinosaur so camp good. classic but i was listening and if you listen with your eyes closed it sounds like a it sounds a lot like tevin campbell who sings the iconic songs on the goofy movie soundtrack yeah. i don't think it is Powerline. but i correct me if i'm wrong but um i could not find it but yeah i don't think it is but also would it be surprised right all right, 
so we're going to move Paint the Night on, which brings us to our final matchup, the number six seed Lion King Celebration versus number 11 Light Magic. I'll start with Lion King Celebration. We know how I feel about the Lion King. It's sure been do. said many times on this podcast. I find it to be very overrated. It's not bad. It's just very overrated. So this parade, it's a favorite for a lot of people. The production value on it is very, very high. It's a very like ornate parade. The details are pretty impressive. I would describe it as a dense parade. There's a, there's a lot of pe- moving pieces here. The thing is the pieces don't move throughout the parade route. They stop and perform. I think it's four times along right. the parade route. They perform a circle of life thing. Uh, the costumes are great. The parade, the, the floats are great. Something that I think is really cool is how they install these like little posts in the ground along the parade route for these pole dancers to like insert these poles and do these like aerial routines. Really, really cool. And something that I is not in any other parade. Uh, very unique type of dance featured. Also, these rhino puppets are Incredible. the ones who lead the parade. So, so good. In one of the recordings in the dock, there's like a massive like 15-minute hold and these like rhino puppets are just like walking along the route, like interacting with kids that are sitting on the curb of Main Street. So good, so super good. cute, fun to watch. Uh, I'm I'm surprisingly like pretty into the Lion King celebration parade, if you want to call it that. Right. And now we come. If you want to call it it. And now we come to light magic. So Kyle, I'm a known hater for a few things. On this podcast, we got Coco, we got Inside Out, I've spoken to how overrated Lion King is, we've trashed Aladdin a number of times. These are all hills that I will die on. What do you hate the most? I have have found a new hill to die on, and that is that Light Magic is the most underrated disney thing to ever exist this is the worst take i've ever heard in my life (laughs) okay so there are those attractions that people love to hate in disney superstar limo perfect example let's everyone talk about how bad superstar limo ha 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 what a mess up light magic is this untold story that no one has tapped into yet. There could be like yeah. a one hour defunct land episode on light magic. And there needs to be, this thing is historically significant. I will briefly take you through the history of this. I parade. agree. It is. Okay. 1997, the entertainment event of the year was supposed to be light magic. They had retired main street electrical parade. Light magic was supposed to be the thing. They did a 90 minute Special on Light Magic, yeah. aired on cable. Alex Trebek was the host. <laughs> this was supposed to be a technological marvel. It they was. Re- they reinforced the concrete along the parade route to accommodate new, heavier floats. They expanded the parade route in the Small World Plaza to create tiered viewing that still exists today. They added light towers throughout the parade route that still exist today still and exists. are utilized. This parade was a trailblazer for every parade that came after it. This was the first one yep. where Disney made parade viewing something you have to come to the park to see. 
It was not received that way. <laughs> there was a preview, annual pass holder preview, $25 admission. People came, did not go very well. There were tons of like fiber optic cables throughout the parade route, like on the buildings of Main Street. I think it it was a stop and perform thing. So there were four floats, stop and do a performance. They did one on Main Street. They did one in the Small World Plaza. And each float, it was like the same performance. So a lot of people got confused. They didn't know where to stand. The fiber optic cabling like didn't work. But that doesn't matter to me. The thing that I love the most is the music. When we did our best song bracket, we talked about how much we love Touch the Sky. I we knew like, you were going to bring this up. We were like, Touch the Sky, man. It's got this Celtic influence, and there is no other it. Disney music that has this Celtic influence, so it really stands out. Light Magic. Step in. Yeah. Enter Light Magic, okay? This was at the peak of the Riverdance fad, and so Eisner was like, we got to do something Celtic. So... They remixed the Baroque hoedown theme from Main Street Electrical Parade to make it Celtic. Mm-hmm. They did Little April Showers, which is a song mm. I love and slaps hard. They did uh, Topsy Turvy. They did Be Our Guest. They did a couple of others. Incredible Celtic remix to some classic Disney songs. It's so good. It's so good that they still use that mix today in Paris for the annual St. Patrick's Day fireworks display. That makes sense. Okay, and you can go on Twitter, YouTube, littered with people being like, yo, light magic. Not as bad as people think it is. Here's the thing. Here's the reason why I think people don't like it is because it's really confusing. It's basically four, like, pixie fairy forest floats, and it's a 15-minute show about and the fairies wake up and they do a bunch of like Irish step dancing to like Celtic music and that's it that's pretty much it uh there's not a whole lot in terms of story but like since when are we talking about story and parades like the effects are great when they're working the music is great when it's (laughs) working it is so distinct in its vision and its aesthetic and its feel it's on the level of main street electrical parade in my opinion when it comes to just like the energy like the it brings a very specific energy to it it's not like bouncing around to a whole lot of different aesthetics and like musical tones and like stuff like that It, it puts you in a place for 15 minutes and it keeps you there so i love that about it Way ahead of its time. As I said, did not go according to plan. Tons of technical difficulties did not work right, but it was ahead of its time. I mean, it incorporated projection technology. There was one moment where the dancers stop and a screen drops down and there's like a little mini film. That's pretty terrible, but like it was unique. And like, it is a multimedia experience. This is not a parade. It is a multimedia experience, which is something that happens. Like all of these nighttime offerings now are multimedia experiences. Like, look at the fireworks spectacular at Walt Disney World. Like, it's a projection mapping on the castle mixed with fireworks. You know, uh, World of Color. Like, you've got fountains and fireworks and fire and all this different stuff happening at once. And, like, yes, Light Magic did not execute it. But for it 
copying in 1997, like if they tried to redo this today, I think they would have absolutely nailed it. I absolutely love light magic. I would die on a hill for light magic. Kyle, I recently made a purchase on eBay. Oh, this is this is it. Oh my god. This is a vintage 1997 crew neck sweatshirt light magic best $30 I've ever spent in my life I'm wearing it to Disney parks every time I go for the rest of my life I will die for light magic it is advancing over Lion King celebration Kyle what do you think I think that there are points that are correct in your argument I really enjoy the electrical parade homage that it pays because it did take the place of that parade when it showed up i'm a huge sucker for nighttime parades because disneyland at night is just something completely different and so i really like it i think a point that you just brought up though kind of cancels out your argument is that this isn't a parade this is a show this is a multimedia experience but the lion king does the exact same thing it's like a you're stop cur- and perform. you're you're a thousand percent correct a thousand percent correct i don't like either of these i think they're both bad but what i don't like about light magic chris you're breaking my heart right now so light magic definitely walked so that paint the night could run a thousand percent because you see the same elements in paint the night paint the night in the first float tinkerbell you have the same fairy dust um light scheme that you see in light magic it's the like run along the side of the float it spins it's there whatever yeah and and, and paint the night starts with fairies so it i think it's like a disc to light magic basically no i don't think it's a this i think it's just like we see what you did and we're gonna do it better (laughs) i think that this light magic would have served as well as the lion king celebration i think they both would have served better as shows and not parades i think if you build light magic as a show and put it someplace that you could go see it people would be super into the celtic theme people would be super into the homage it pays to electrical light parade but it just is not a parade. It parks itself for 15 minutes. Lion King does the same thing, Chris. It does the same exact thing. The only thing that pushes the Lion King over for me... No. Is that it has actual parade floats that once the performance is done, it passes by you and you're like, that's right, I'm watching a parade. Light Magic doesn't really do that. There's no finale float. There's no actual floats. It's a set. You're watching a set pass you and sit down. Lion King, the set are these individual floats that stop and the performances happen in between them. So for me, I'm moving the Lion King celebration on. This is most likely the only time it would ever move on for me, but it's moving on here because I don't believe that Light Magic is the traditional Disney parade as I've had issues with the duos and with the henchmen and I just don't qualify it. So I'm moving uh, Lion King celebration on. Okay. So when you look at Lion King celebration, it it's one of the three um, standalone movie parades that moved on in this bracket. 
And the one that the one thing that Lion King didn't do is it didn't put the same song on a loop. So that gives it a plus that it has a good mix okay, of songs. Okay, it put two songs on a loop. It's Barely, one though. song on a loop. But to the point where they, it was mixed enough that it, it wasn't blatantly obvious that it was the same song. So if you were casually watching, watching it, you wouldn't necessarily think that. Um, both parades, yes, were equally confusing, that they were just popping a squat and doing this performance. Light Magic definitely did it more because it only had the two viewing spots. Um, another thing that Light Magic added, Chris, was that that's um, that's when they added that walkway next to Story Storybook Canal Boats. That's yes. When they, that's when they added that, and that I mean I util, utilize that walkway all the time when I'm in the park. Interesting. So, so that was a pretty good addition to the parks for sure. Um, I think that Light Magic. Yes, it was very innovative. Um, I think it was about 10, 15 years ahead of its time. I think if that they themed it with, um, you know, 2008, 2010, when all those Tinkerbell movies came out, it would have made 10 times more sense. Because when I'm watching this, I'm like, why are all the, why are there all these non-Disney random fairies with this Celtic music going on? Like, why is this a Disney parade? It made no sense to me. But if they had just waited when all those Tinkerbell movies come out, came out, then they could have had all the Tinkerbell fairy people be doing this, and maybe it would have made more sense. Um, I think just by theming alone, Light Magic just really, it's not a parade. It's not Disney enough for me. And so by default, Lion King celebration has to move on. Oof. The disrespect <laughs> coming from you two. What I do appreciate is the fact that it walked so that others could run, but also its logo and that crew neck is probably the freshest thing that came out of the Disney in the 90s. Hey, Kyle, just a spoiler alert. There's more Light Magic merch on the way. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, man. Kyle, my heart is broken I'm going to quit the podcast, I think, right now. I need you to do the outro. All right. Well, next episode, we are going to dive into the Elite Eight. As always, we thank you all for listening to Mouse Madness Podcast. We are kicking off the second year of this thing. We didn't think we'd be here, but here we are. Tess, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you bringing that Disney Parks knowledge to Mouse Madness Podcast every single time. Happy to be here. Happy to be the nerdiest Disney nerd. That's what we appreciate. As always, you can find us on Twitter at MouseMandisPod. You can email us at MouseMandisPodcast at gmail.com. We probably assume that you have some hot takes over this, especially with some of our opinions, so please send them in. We'll, we'll talk about them on the next episode. You can join our Discord. That's going to be linked in this podcast uh, episode description. You can join us on Facebook. We post the episodes there. You can share them with all your friends. And as always, 